Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And in this one, was it a series-changing game two for the Astros? We're about to break it down with my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and veteran journalist, Stephen Curran. Stephen, you know what? This one just was a gut punch with what happened to Luis Garcia. And, you know, I hate to say it, but this could be the end of the Astros' hopes of winning a World Series this year. I, I just I just don't know what to say after what happened with the Garcia in this game. Well, it certainly makes things tougher, Robert. There's no doubt about it. I think anybody that, you know, keeps up with baseball knows that when you get to the postseason, you've got to have your best pitchers in there. I think that the one saving grace I will say, at least in this series, Boston's best pitcher pitched today in game two, Nathan Yavaldi. You know, the Astros hit Chris Sale pretty good, even though they didn't score a lot of runs off of him. You know, they, they certainly made him break a sweat and to come out sooner than the Red Sox wanted him to, certainly. So I think that, that at least, you know, that the Astros offense, if they can keep them in games and the Red Sox pitching isn't that much better. But, you know, when you get beyond that, you know, getting into the World Series, the Braves and Dodgers, you know, it's going to be one of those two teams, certainly. It's going to be they're going to have better pitching. So. You're probably right, but I'll tell you what, this Astros team, you just can't ever count them out. Just when you think they're down, they're going to try to come back on you. So it's it's going to definitely determine what's going to happen with Garcia. You know, knee discomfort, um, it's not good, certainly, but it also kind of makes things unclear as to what they're going to do moving forward with them. Steven, th- th- this team doesn't play to, to win an ALCS or to get to the world series, they're playing to win the world series. And let's just talk about big picture. I mean, you're facing the Dodgers and the Dodgers, they don't fool around. They've got Scherzer, Bueller and Julio Urias, who we don't talk about those guys, but it's a big, huge ask for the Astros to try to beat a Dodgers team, assuming they beat the Braves. But I think it's a, it's a pretty good assumption um, assuming they beat the Braves to, to beat them without Lance McCullers and Luis Garcia. And the other thing is, Stephen, the, the Astros even haven't had a chance to stretch out Zach Granke. Christian Javier can't go multiple innings. So normally you would go, you know, earlier in the year we thought, well, hey, the Astros have six or seven starters, but these guys haven't been stretched out. And the, that's the problem is if you're the Astros, you know, you, you don't have guys that are ready to go multiple innings. And now you're relying on a bullpen that's not good to begin with to pick up a lot of that slack. I, I just don't know how they do it. Yeah, and, and don't forget, you know, Jose Urquidy isn't exactly, you know, he's more stretched out than those two guys. But, you know, even he isn't going to be doing six, seven innings. And then you've got Fromber, who should have been the one to step up and be the ace. But he hasn't been the ace this year, and he certainly isn't in the postseason. So, you know, there's no doubt the Astros have a lot of cards stacked against them. And if they did meet the Dodgers, you know, they wouldn't have home field advantage. It'd be a Dodger stadium. They'd have the home field advantage there. So the Dodgers, of course, would be out for blood. There's, they'd have a lot to play for. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's, it's a worrisome situation that the Astros are in. But they are in the ALCS, and, you know, we just have to see what happens moving forward. Yeah, the more home field advantage, least of the Astros. Prob- I mean, they, they beat the Dodgers when the Dodgers had home field advantage in the World Series a few years ago, if you if you remember. So I'm, I'm not exactly worried about that. I'm just worried that the Astros pitching just, it's not enough. I mean, t- to me, 
they, they didn't have much of a chance without Lance McCullers. And you and I haven't spoken since we heard this story about, you know, him coming out of game four and what happened there and, you know, him not being available for this series. And, you know, there's the hope, I think, from some people that he could come back. But from everything that I've heard, that's not going to happen. So this is just devastating because it, you're the Astros. You thought, OK, we have six guys that were trying to fit into rotation just a few months ago. And now our Kitty you know, hasn't come back all that good. Like you, you mentioned, we know what Odorizzi's issues have been this year and, and he looked horrible in this game. Uh, you've got Lance McCullers who's out. You got Luis Garcia that's out. Fromber has limped into the last month, month and a half of the season, not looking all that great and hasn't looked good in this series. So, I, you know, Steven, they're starting pitching as bad and you can't go out there every game and get two or three innings from your starting pitcher and say, okay, Let's throw it over to Yimmy Garcia again and Brooks Raley and these guys. Yeah, you certainly can't. Uh, you're asking a lot of this bullpen already. And I have to say, you know, they've certainly stepped up in these first two games. But to ask them to do that day after day after day. And then, you know, you have the situation. I understand why they do this, Robert, but I really don't like this format of a 2-3-2. Two, two. You know, the, the first two games in Houston. Then you got the next three in Boston on consecutive nights. And then you come back, you know, with a, an off day and then have two more if you need it, you know, game six and seven back at Minute Maid. I, I hate that format. And for the Astros, it definitely puts them in a disadvantage. You got three nights in a row that you would have to do that and expect your starters to go a long way. And if they don't, go with your bullpen that's already going to be taxed. So that's another issue to consider. If you look at the Astros pitching staff, they have $65 million worth of pitchers that have not pitched in this series. And if you're lucky, you're getting one game and a few innings out of one of those guys in Zach Granke. Between Verlander, McCullers, and Granke, you, you just got really screwed in all this because those guys getting hurt. And then, and of course, Granke not pitching well towards the end of the season. And, and he got injured towards the end of the season, as we know. But then Lance McCullers getting hurt. I mean, you know, it's real frustrating because this window that you get in, in, in any sport to win a championship is not much. And to miss an opportunity because of the injuries. And we saw what happened with the Rockets and Chris Paul a few years ago. And we know that was a missed opportunity and not to have it with the Astros. I mean, and, and knowing that, of course, you, you're seeing the last of Carlos Correa. Maybe, hey, Stephen. He might have played his last game as an Astro at Minute Maid Park today. Think about that. Uh, that's very true. And, you know, as far as the, the three pitchers you talked about, I'd say the, the obviously all three of them are disappointing in the sense of, you know, that they're injured. But I think for me the most disappointing was Lance because they just signed him, you know, to that new contract. And I, I think we even discussed this, Robert. I certainly was a bit hesitant to give him that kind of money just based on the, his durability or lack thereof. Now, obviously, he had a great season, the best of his career. But unfortunately, when it came to when he's really needed in the postseason, he goes down. It's a right flexor pronator muscle. Try to say that three or four times is what they're classifying it as. So, you know, pitching is the name of the game, especially in the postseason. And for the Astros, you know, every day that goes by, <laughs> something bad happens. It's, it's almost like they're being snake bit. And it's not just the, the play on the field, really, that it's the pitching and the quality that you didn't have to begin with is just getting worse because of the injuries. One thing I was thinking about is, you know, if the Astros didn't have some of the issues they had with the other starters, you would think that Lance McCullers 
might have gotten two or three weeks off in the middle of the season to rest his arm and to get it back going again for the World Series run. You didn't get that chance. He's coming off a short season last year with the COVID stuff. And then, you know, he's coming off the Tommy John surgery. So he hasn't pitched a whole lot in the last few years. The arm strength isn't there. He puts about as much pressure on his, his breaking ball as any pitcher in baseball because it's so wicked. That plays a big factor in this. And, and the fact that these guys like Urquidy went down and Odorizzi was struggling and, and, and he was hurt this year, all of that, I think, plays into the fact that Lance McCullers got hurt again. I'd have to say so. And I think, too, you know, if you look around baseball, there are just so many more pitchers getting injured year after year. I mean, the Dodgers don't have Clayton Kershaw for the postseason. But as you said earlier, you know, they, they have Scherzer and, and several others that can carry the load. But this is just becoming such a problem in baseball. And it, and it doesn't even start with the major leaguers, Robert. These pitchers are getting hurt in high school, college, minor leagues. And then they get to the major leagues, and their arm is just completely blown out. And I think a lot of it just has to do with the way they're training. I, I, just it has to be. But it's an epidemic. And unfortunately, the ap- epidemic is spread to the Astros at the worst possible time right in the postseason when you're going for a World Series title. As you said— they're in it to win the World Series because it could be the final game as an Astro for some people. So this is what needs to happen from here on out in the series, Stephen. Jose Arquiti, you got to step up, brother. We need Jose Arquiti to go out there in game four or game three, and, and you need him to give you seven innings, not have to use the bullpen. They had to use way too many guys even after they bring in Odorizzi. Odorizzi only going four innings was kind of fitting, Stephen, because that's his season, hasn't it been? He can only go give you about four innings or five innings, and he's not giving you enough innings, and, and he screwed him again, put a lot of pressure on the bullpen. Yeah, and that's the thing. There, there really is not a starter. I mean, you look down the list, and you've just named them all. Uh, there isn't a starter that really goes more than four innings, five innings, maybe. Um, I, I mean, Fromber is capable of it if he just had his control, but he hasn't, clearly. You know, he didn't last, you know, what, two and a third innings in game one. So this is going to be interesting to see. And, you know, thank God for the Astros offense that, you know, they they at least did make a game of it finally. They were down nine to nothing, you know, in the first two innings. But as things went on, they kind of chipped away and chipped away. They blew some opportunities, though, in that game to make it even more interesting. But I think that's really what's going to keep this series interesting is that the Astros offense is going to at least try to keep them in the games. But, boy, it's going to be awfully tough. But you know what? I mean, the postseason is just filled with so many surprises. You just never know who might step up and save the Astros and make them go a little further. You, you just never know. If you think about it, Uvalde came out of the game in the sixth inning. They made him throw some pitches. Now, maybe he would have gone further if they didn't have the huge lead. But if somebody told you... You're getting Uvalde out. I mean, look at what he's done in, the, in, in his postseason career. He's been fantastic. He's their ace. You got him out in the middle of the sixth inning, not even a quality start, you would call it, I guess. And you go, hey, that's that's good enough. And you scored five runs. I, I don't know, Stephen, do you think five runs should be good enough to, to win a game in the postseason? I, I kind of think getting five runs w- was enough. I mean, you could say they left guys on base or whatever, but – um, and maybe that maybe they wouldn't have got the five runs if, if the Red Sox, you know, had had their better pitchers in at the end of the they didn't have to use their best bullpen guys necessarily or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, getting five runs in a postseason game should be enough if you think about it. 
It is for most teams, yes. But if you're talking about the Astros and their bullpen, as, as shaky as or inconsistent as it's been, and the fact that the starters can't go, I, I wonder, is five runs enough? And it, yeah, it should be. I mean, one of the Astros are one of two teams that have scored five runs or more in their first five postseason games. I think the Minnesota Twins of 87 were the only other team to do that. Yeah, I mean, so there aren't that many teams that do that on a regular basis. The Astros are one of them. But as the pitching, if, if it continues to fall apart, gosh, you know, five runs, unfortunately, may not be enough for this team. Was there anything else about this game that's worth, to me, this just, it comes down to what happened to Luis Garcia. It comes down to the fact that the Astros just, they're, they're, they're out of guys. And if you put Luis Garcia, you know, if you take him out of the equation, you know, I, I don't know where you are at this point. It's going to be difficult to try to get the, enough quality innings to, to beat the Red Sox. And this Red Sox team, they can hit. And, you know, what the, what the hell do you do with Kike Hernandez? Oh, my God. That guy, he's Babe Ruth, isn't he? Well, we know what the Astros did to him, don't we? Because he was in the Astros system at one point, and uh, now he's no longer there. You know, between him and J.D. Martinez, talk about revenge is sweet. Uh, yeah, they both got even. Well, they got even before today, certainly. <laughs> you know, but, boy, Kike Hernandez. I, I do have to say, though, Chaz McCormick in game two did his best imitation of Kike Hernandez in the outfield, making that great diving catch in the first inning. Unfortunately, it, it wasn't, you know, it didn't really make a difference in the game because it was so lopsided after that point. But yeah, Kike Hernandez, talk about another Astro that it just, you know, was certainly under the radar. Nobody really knew who he was in the Astro system, but another one that kind of got away. And now he's uh, doing well in the Boston Red Sox. But, man, it just you can hardly get the guy out in this postseason. Yeah, and I wish Chaz had been Kike at the plate. He was over three with three strikeouts. I mean, he's been great in the postseason. I, I'm not going to get on Chaz McCormick too much. But, yeah, in the field, the, the, the great diving catch for sure. And, I mean, if you look at the Astros lineup in this game, you know, Jose Altuve 0 for 5, Michael Brantley 0 for 4. So you need – to really get the offense going, you need those guys at the beginning of the order to to, to set the table and, and do stuff. I mean, the Astros are great throughout the order, but those guys got to do a little bit more. Altuve, Correa, you know, they were postseason Altuve and Correa in game one. And you, you have that high, and it just goes to show you. I mean, everybody was so excited after game one, Stephen. And in baseball, it's it feels like... There is no momentum. One game and it's over with. That's, that's the White Sox after game three of the uh, the Astros series. Well, yeah, and, and the reason for that is because there's another game the next day and, and less than 24 hours, in fact. I mean, you know, they played a night game in game one, then they come back and play a game at 320. So, yeah, it, it's really hard to keep momentum in baseball. And honestly, Robert, I think, you know, even after game one, as exciting as it was, I knew this was going to be a series. I mean, the Red Sox are just too good for that. You know, obviously, this was before Luis Garcia started pitching, you know, and, and he, he obviously didn't look himself, and he, he was shaky in the ALDS, you know, and how much this knee thing was in game two that contributed to that performance. One thing I will have to say is, you know, once again, Carlos Correa showing his leadership skills, you know, he was the one that I think first noticed something was up with Garcia. He motioned to the dugout and got dusty, and trainer uh, Jeremiah Randall out. It was Correa who picked up on it, and you know Garcia's fastball was definitely below, well below what it, it normally is. 
So once again, it, it just shows you that players, you know, watch what's going on. And the leadership of Carlos Correa has been such a big thing with the Astros. But yeah, I, I just, I knew it was going to be a series. Boston wasn't, you know, they would probably win game two is, is kind of what I figured. But it, it's going to be very tough for the Astros. And, but hopefully it'll still remain a good series no matter what happens. It's one of these things, Stephen, where you're not satisfied if you're an Astros fan of, hey, we could get to the World Series again because, look, the Astros came so close in 2019. We know this run um, has got to end pretty soon, especially you lose Carlos Correa. There's also the story that came out a few days ago that Brent Strom is kind of under the radar. Uh, he said uh, between the White Sox and the Red Sox series, I saw an interview with him where he said he was – you know, just be, after being asked by Mark Berman from Channel 26 if this could be his last year, said there's always that possibility. Nothing definite, but the potential Correa departure might not be the only thing on the table this offseason. So you're thinking about all of those things going into this this postseason. You you know this can't can't last forever, and the time is running out potentially on Correa and, and and now Brent Strom. And, and and you're right about the fact that he noticed that. And it just makes me think that Correa is going to get that, whatever it is, probably $300 million contract this offseason, Stephen. And he deserves it because about $150 million of that should be just what he brings you in intangibles. You can replace the tangibles or most of the tangibles that he brings you. You can't find a shortstop with the arm that he's got. But most of the t- tangibles that Carlos Correa has you can find in another guy you you can't get the intangibles the clutch hits the leadership uh out on the field more than anything there's the leadership in the locker room Altuve Bregman maybe those guys can handle some of that but what he does out on the baseball field that leadership is almost impossible to find and he is just extraordinary now I don't it's it's all of all of a sudden it feels like a something clicked on last year in the middle of the COVID season and the last two years, you know, Carlos Correa is the alpha of all alphas. Well, that's when we started noticing it. I mean, you remember the postseason last year, how many times did he come out to the mound? He, you know, he kind of led the way uh, when, when did he, you know, he's the one who calmed Framber Valdez down right at, at that one point during the postseason. And, and I think we had seen bits and pieces of it from him before, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Last year, that's when we really started to see it, the, the intangibles that Carlos brings. And the fact that it isn't just in the regular season, and he's doing this in the postseason. That's why, you know, unfortunately for the Astros, Carlos is going to get his pay just based on all those things. The intangibles that he is coming through, he, he's becoming Mr. October right now. And, uh, you know, somebody is going to step up. There may not be that many teams out there that can, but somebody will. I just I just know it. I feel it. You know, I'd like to think the way Greg Lucas, you know, he talked about on our Astros preview, he's convinced that the Astros are going to find a way to keep Carlos Correa. I I would love to be that optimistic, Greg. Love your thinking. But I think that's mainly, you know, the, I think that's mostly fans talking here. I, I just don't see it um, because I think it would have happened by now if it was going to. And I realize it, it takes both sides. But yeah. Carlos is going to get his due based on all those things. Before game two started, I was thinking in this game two post game, I wanted to bring up, let's stay in the Zen. Let's be in the present. Let's enjoy Carlos Correa 
in this series and in and the coming series potentially and we we got so caught up in the pay Correa and the Correa in the offseason and all that sort of stuff but once the Luis Garcia thing happened I, I was like yeah I, I don't know if I can stay in the Zen thing because I, I don't know Stephen am, am I am, am am I too Debbie Downer on this thing thinking that um, there's almost no way that this team can can win the World Series with with these injuries to the pitching staff is it is it is it too much or do you think I'm I'm right in feeling like, hey, I, the the opportunity is like slipped through the hands. It's like the hourglass is like, I where, where'd the where's the time gone? Well, you know what, Robert? I'd like to think that you're preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best, and that, and that's kind of where I, I guess that's where I am. I I'm still optimistic. You know, now if the Astros get down, let's say, you know, three games to one, they go to Boston and lose the next two games. Uh, yeah, my optimism is certainly not going to be very high any more than yours is. But, you know, if they hang around, anything can happen, and that's what I'm banking on. If the Astros can hang around and somebody can come out of the bullpen or a starter can just wow us with something, I mean, you think about how good the bullpen has been these last two games. Now, can they keep it up? I don't know. And not likely, but they didn't cave in those two games. So I'm trying to remain optimistic, but I admit, Robert, it's hard. It's hard when you're faced with one blow after another, especially to something that, you know, has been a weakness for the Astros all season. And that's the pitching. How much more can you absorb? That's the question. I'll go back to Jose Arquiti in this game three and why this is such a big deal. If he wins game three and he goes out there and gives you seven innings, for example, and Arquiti's capable of it because he's a guy that a low pinch count guy, he throws strikes. Uh, If he gets rolling, he can give you seven innings, and I, I don't say that about many guys left on this pitching staff, but he can do it. And if he does it, Stephen, you think, okay, he's the guy that would be pitching at game seven. So all we got to do is get one more win, and you get back to home field advantage, Minute Maid Park, game seven, or Keedy on the mound after a great performance. There you go, Robert. That's the analysis I was looking for, friend. That's it. Yep, yep, that's that's the ticket. That That's the medicine we need. And, and you're right. Game three is definitely going to be crucial because if they get down two to one in Boston, you know, with what you have ahead of them, yeah, it, it's going to be awfully hard to be optimistic from that point. And I don't know what to say about the Red Sox, except, you know, this is a mirror image of the Astros, basically. I mean, it's just like we're seeing the same team. The Astros much better defensively than the Red Sox over the course of the season. They were the worst defensive team in baseball. The Astros were the best defensive team in baseball. But, Stephen, have we seen the, the bad defense from the Red Sox yet? Where, where is the team that, that played in the regular season? <laughs> well, certainly not yet. And a lot of that is thanks to Kike Hernandez. I mean, he's doing it at the plate. He's doing it in the field. My goodness. I mean, there were a couple of balls he actually did not get to that were sinking line drives that he'd been getting to a lot of them before. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're not showing the bad defense here. And, and something like that would definitely go a long way to help the Astros win some of these games. I'm just tired of these guys haunting Houston teams after going somewhere else. It just seems like that never happens in reverse. Who who do we got that, that continually haunt somebody that uh, gave up on them or, or traded? A, who Who is the guy that has done that for the Astros or the, the Rockets or the Texans over the last decade or two? <laughs> Yeah, we'd have to do some research because there just aren't very many, but there always seem to be Houston killers, you know, that, that come back and haunt the Houston teams, uh, play way over their head and 
you know, what's funny is that a lot of them do that, and then they don't really play well the rest of the teams. But when they face the Astros, you know, or the Rockets or the Texans, as you said, uh, they have the game of their lives. So, yeah, we're looking for some of that reverse action right now. We, we could certainly use it in this series. I'm not going much longer in this one. We're going to wrap it up. But, I, you know, one of the Houston killers, if you're listening to this on Sunday morning before the Texans game, we're going to see one of the Houston killers. He, he wasn't a former Texan, but T.Y. Hilton, best wide receiver in the NFL as long as he's playing the Texans. He is an absolute beast, and he was not healthy all season. And guess what, Stephen? Guess who's playing tomorrow? Yeah, I noticed that too. That was the first thing I thought of, Robert. When I saw that he wasn't healthy, the first thing that came into my mind is, oh, don't worry, they're playing the Texans pretty soon. He'll be healthy. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, all you have to, okay, here's, here's what opposing teams will probably start doing is if someone gets injured and they know they play well against the Texans, then that, that player, he'll get well before the Texans game. I mean, that's just what happens, right? Man, I, I, I'm so tired of T.Y. Hilton. Can he go to some other team that's not in the Texans division, maybe? Is that possible? Well, why did he just retire? If once he retires, you know, we'll never have to see him again. That would be the best thing, really. Why retire? He's got like two automatic, like 200-yard <laughs> games every year, I think, right? <laughs> that's true. You know, he could probably still do that against the Texans when he's, you know, 60. So, yeah, unfortunately, T.Y. Hilton is probably going to be a factor uh, whether he's just come off of, you know, an injury or not. So we'll do Texans post game. Tomorrow, uh, for, for most of you listening to this, that'll be later tonight. Uh, you can also listen to it, of course, on your Monday drive to work or whatever. We'll have a Texas postgame show, hopefully uh, a good one, better than this uh, Astros one. And then we're going to continue with Astros postgame shows this week. Looking forward to maybe getting another W. I'm talking to you, Jose Arquiti. Get it done for us. That's, that's the hope, really. Jose Arquiti, come on, man. No pressure, Jose. No pressure. Yeah, no, no, no <laughs> pressure. Uh, just uh, Astro season, uh, kind of on the line. We we need we need Arquiti to, to be Jose Arquiti from the World Series of 2019. But until next time, go Stros. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.